rush horror business driving late at night psycho 78 12 o'clock don't be late i said all this horror business my mirrors are black for you you don't go in the bathroom with me Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Lee Madonna. And you're listening to another exclusively good episode of Horror Business. Horror Business. The business of horror. Now you're probably asking yourself, why is it exclusive? What's so exclusive about it? Well today, on this episode, we are dealing with movies that are exclusive to the Shutter streaming service. That's right. Just so you know, we are doing this without any cash or hookup from Shutter. Now to be fair... Justin did win a membership to I Shutter. I did. But they didn't give you that. That was you won that from the good I won people that at fair Synapse. and square. I I won that by chance and because I'm due to win something because I am a I am a terminal loser. I was I wouldn't go that far. But you did win it from the good people at synapse.co. And I did. so uh just out of respect to them, uh go check out their site. Um I used to write for them. I, I officially still write for them. I, I should have a review of I Am Not Your Negro. Oh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't arrived yet, so I haven't okay. reviewed it yet, but uh, hopefully that will be coming. Maybe I'll just write it, even though they haven't sent me the Blu-ray yet, because I have a copy somewhere All right, in a special place. We should let you guys know we are recording with the one true Maeve in, our, in, in, the, in the horror business headquarters today, so if you hear any babbling or vocalizing of a small child, it's because... It's true. Maeve is here. So she's here right now. She's here. She's giving us support. We might need to take a break at some point if she has a freak out. <laughs> I think she'll be okay. Um, so the movies we're going to be talking about today are 2016's Prevenge and also We Go On from 2016. Right. Now, uh, we should mention that We Go On actually had a Philadelphia premiere at the Philadelphia Underground Film Fest. Oh, did it? And a number of folks who write for uh, Justin Harlan's website, The Farsighted, saw it at that fest and even reviewed it. So I just want to acknowledge that because we're about to piss them off because yeah, they fucking love this movie we, and we did not. We are going to get into that and I'm going to be I'm going to put some velvet gloves on. But I was thinking about this the other night. I'm really excited about this because we have never unabashedly ripped into a movie like nope. we've and never a movie we've been talking about. We've talked about like, oh, when we saw the Blair Witch. We like tore into it. But it's never we've never watched a movie for an episode and been like, yo, this movie was straight up trash. And I'm really yeah, excited to do that. Yeah, that's true. We haven't done yeah. that. That's weird. So before we before we jump into this, we're just going to talk about a couple things that we've seen recently. Sure. Liam, have you done anything cool involving movies recently? I think you have. Oh, yeah. I went to a little uh, uh, gathering called X-Fest. Shout out to Exhumed. Uh, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Exhumed Films is an organization that started Ooh, 19 years ago, 20 years ago? I think it's like 20, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 20 at this point. Um, and they started off primarily doing horror films, but uh, they also have interest in other films of the extreme slash exploitation variety. And X-Fest is an opportunity to show some of those films that don't necessarily fit within their regular horror events, but are still films worth seeing. Yes. So uh, this past X-Fest, they showed Dynasty, which is a uh, 3D kung fu film. That's awesome. Um, 3D films in general, if you've seen them, I, the, a lot of the ones I've seen have been westerns. So there's a lot of like arrows coming at the screen or bullets or punching or whatever. Yeah. Well, same thing with uh, with this movie, with Dynasty. A lot of, although there was an extended scene where they're just ringing a, a bell 
It's just a, but it's a giant bell. So and they it's have in 3D, the so. pole. So they just keep swinging the pole at the camera, <laughs> coming at you in 3D. That's the worst. That's even worse than the Jaws 3D gimmick. Yeah, it, it's very gimmicky. But uh, I will say it was cool because this kind of 3D that the film is in, you can't find the glasses for this specific kind anymore. So uh, Exum, because they are obsessive compulsive, went out and manufactured their own. And these are not paper with different colors. These are like uh, solid plastic goggles with specific kind of lenses in them. That's so now, rad. For me personally, I don't know if I could do more than one movie in this kind of 3D. Yeah. It wore my eyes out a little bit. But it worked. It looked really good. And for a lot of these films that they have that are in this kind of 3D, you'll, you're never going to see them the way they were meant to be seen. Yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. Unless you see them through Exhumed and this process that Harry developed. So that's a huge thing. You know, That's dedication. Yeah. So some of the other movies... Uh, uh, Death Rides a Horse, uh, Lee Van Cleef Western I had never seen before, which was really great. Um, uh, the new, what is it? Uh, new Bronx Warriors, maybe? Or Warriors of the Wasteland mm. is what, what it's known as. I think it's also called New Bronx Warriors or something. Anyways, it's a, you know, post-apocalyptic Italian yeah, yeah. film. You know, you, you know what it is. I know what it is. Um, let's see, what else was, oh, okay. Um, oh, Combat Cops, I think is the name, or it's also known as The Zebra Killer. Oh, with Wings Hauser? Uh, no, oh. <laughs> this movie uh, is um, a movie in which there's a series of murders that seem to be by an African-American gentleman, mm. and then eventually it's revealed that it's a white guy mm-hmm. painting mm-hmm. himself black because he has a chip on his shoulder against black people, hence Zebra Killer. I get it. I get that reference. I see it is not really a black exploitation film. They said it was like black exploitation crime movie. It's more of a crime movie that just happens to be about race. It doesn't have a lot of the other black exploitation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there was a Wingshauser movie called Street Asylum, <laughs> in which Wingshauser gets a bionic implant that makes him act like Wingshauser. Uh, and then um, there was uh, Love Me Deadly. Um, there was something in between. Street Asylum and Love Me Deadly, and it's totally skipping my mind what it is. I'm sorry. You'll have to look it up. Yeah. But then after Love Me Deadly, with the big highlight that I wanted to get to is- The piece de resistance, as you would say if you were French. Was a screening of Pink Flamingos in 35 millimeter. Introduced by? John Waters. Mm-hmm. John Waters was in town at the Free Library. He 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 shows up. You know, he goes, does a lot of book tours, John Waters. Yeah. And so for this book tour, after he was done at the Free Library, he hopped in a car- Drove over to the International House, and or I guess it's called the Lightbox Theater now. Um, some people kind of, if you were on the know, there was a little bit of a reveal of like somebody's coming. Um, so I guess you could have guessed it, but I would say 98% of this theater had no idea goddamn John Waters about to That's walk so out. That's so rad. That's And so even cool. the thing, they just kept saying, it's special, it's special, it's special. Well, it's special could mean anything. And then they had an intro. They played a, there's a famous uh, pre-theater thing where John Waters is smoking, and but he's telling you not to smoke in the theater. You know, you used to be able to smoke in theaters. Yeah, yeah. And then you weren't allowed to smoke in theaters even though people still smoked. And John Waters smoking going, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to tell you not to smoke in this theater, which <laughs> just seems horrible. Is this a European film? How could you even get through one of those movies without smoking? Whatever, whatever. That, that ends and John Waters just fucking walks out of the stage <laughs> god damn it it was a magical moment he was great he brought with him a woman whose name escapes me but she's from philadelphia uh trans actress who is in some of his early films okay. and has been working as a trans activist for a long time um so it was great to have her i think her last name is coffee maybe um anyways i'm sorry for forgetting um and we should have had it in the notes and i'm an asshole but it doesn't matter point is Access is great. Um, big up to Exhumed. And please go to their Facebook or 
website and see some of the other events they have coming up. They have some awesome events coming up, um, uh, including a screening of Angel Heart, which is, I think, an underrated film, mm-hmm. and the film that killed Lisa Bonet's career. So um, <laughs> got, got her kicked off a different world because oh, she showed her boobs. That was it. You know, you know how Cosby is. If yeah, those, if those boobs aren't drugged. Yeah, about I was to be say, raped Co- by him. Bill Cosby, the great defender of women's rights. Oh, my God, that guy. Anyways, point is, Exhumed, uh, X-Fest was great. Other than that, horror-wise, I haven't actually seen anything else new. I'm saying in a tentative voice because I'm making sure I'm not wrong about that. No, I, I guess I haven't seen anything horror-wise new. I want to I wanna real quick... Give a shout out to Exhumed, specifically Joe Gervasi for I, I wasn't able Gervasi. to Gervasi. Gervasi. And he like prefers Joseph. Joseph Gervasi. Joseph Gervasi. Gervasi. I'm sorry, Joseph. I do want to thank him from the bottom of my heart. I was I'm unable to make excess because I was too busy bawling my eyes out and seeing the revolution that night. Um they rocked the house. Uh when they played Purple Rain, I'm pretty sure I had a vision of a god I don't believe in, but that's neither here nor there. But Mr. Gervasi was kind enough. That if I did attend X Fest, he had a weight bench weight bench ready for me. He didn't actually. So I want to thank him for for accommodating me and my meathead ways. Thank you. Hopefully, hopefully Joseph, when I go see Morbid Angel at the end of the month, hopefully they have a like a bench press set up for me. So you know, between songs, I can you know break PRs and get max reps, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's that's not gonna happen. No, it's not gonna happen. Um, I saw some horror stuff. Uh, I I finally saw. A movie that you had recommended and we talked about in here. The Girl with All the Gifts. The Girl with All the Gifts. What did you think of The Girl with All the Gifts? Um, I really liked it. I liked the fact that it... it, it I, I don't want to give too much away, but um, it was very tense. There was a lot of scenes that I thought were really well done. Um, I thought the way the, hungry, the, the, the infected people moved was very creepy. Not the way they like ran around, but the way like it was... I think you had pointed it out on, on, on the episode where we kind of talked about it. When the kids would smell the way right. they would like their the jaws. way that they sort of would transition yeah. from in their right mind to not in their to, right in, mind. yeah and I I, I like I don't this movie was good enough where I think people should see it I liked um, how the end was it, it, it didn't really I can't talk about this horrible thing and Maeve's just sweet, she's fine sweetly she's, babbling over she, there she has sat on my lap while many a horrible thing yeah. has been playing in my um, basement I liked that the end was kind of like I am legendy in the sense that it was like. Uh, you know, you had your chance at this at this new world order. Now it's 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 our chance to do it. Even if like it's not conducive to what you think is like normal, you know, you got to give us a shot now. And and Liam is 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 picking the baby up. Keep going. <laughs> but no, I I I really liked it. I um I, I like the fact that it uh it didn't have this clean cut happy ending. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like, it didn't pull punches with the whole post-apocalyptic thing. And they're really like, at this point in the scenario, you're past, it's past being like, we're going to fix this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they really made that clear as the movie went on. Because at first you're like, oh, well, society's going on. And then at a certain point it's like, oh, wait, no, it's not, actually. Yeah. Like, I, I do like the fact that it was like, um, you know, like, it, it started out as a typical, like, uh, one of those, like, generic, awful post-millennial like they used to be us but now they're not but they're not quite dead like blah 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 blah, blah. and uh <laughs> and then it, it rounded out to be uh all right something exceptional we're gonna take a we're break we're gonna take a quick break real quick <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, it's Bill Mosley, and you're listening to Horror Business. <laughs> so the girl with all the gifts, you liked it. <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's not really much else to say about that. Um, I think it's one of those movies that did make me want to read the book. Um, and I don't mean that because the movie was bad, but I do think the book probably has a little bit more layers and things going on. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I'm bringing this up here. I'll, I'll explain why I bring it up here in a second. So I went to a double feature through the college as part of their faculty film series of The Fits and Lemonade. Yes, yes. And I want to say that um, uh, it seems weird to bring them up on a horror podcast, but I, I want to suggest that a lot of people who have talked about The Fits and Lemonade, which you know, half the country talked about Lemonade, and and by that I mean the movie version of Lemonade, not the visual album, not just yeah. the record. Um, and The Fits, if you didn't get a chance to see it, it's a movie about a poor community, I think in Cleveland, uh, but more about this girl and her experience in this community center and her transition from primarily helping her brother on the boxing team to trying to join this ja- dance team, and there's a lot of themes of gender and things like that. I think both of these pieces of art, watching them together, I realized have like strong horror elements, even okay. though neither one are horror films. Uh, but The Fits pulls a lot on uh, in the way it uses music and the way it uses it sort of focuses on these fits that these girls are going into. It kind of reminds me of almost like an Italian horror thing um, All right. and, and has aspects that kind of remind me of the Salem Witch Trials. So I think there was like a strong horror influence on the making of that movie that didn't get acknowledged by a lot of critics. And Lemonade, in a few of the songs, the videos for the songs, I think use horror imagery, especially in one of the songs, there's this hallway with red lights that catches fire. Um, a, a lot of the angles and imagery when uh, in the cycle of Lemonade Beyonce's sort of at her most angry, use horror elements. And again, I don't think that those things then make them qualify as horror movies. But I think it's sort of like, a, you know, sometimes in hardcore, you talk about like hardcore and non-hardcore places. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think that's what these are. Both of these both of these projects, let's call them that, since some people don't like when you call Lemonade a movie. But um, I think both of these projects draw on horror and the tradition of horror. Right. And, sh- and if you are interested in seeing aspects of that that filmmaking those filmmaking styles in non-horror usage i think you would do well to see both of those things so yeah noted i just want to say that cool was there another horror thing you want to talk about before we start talking about these movies uh yeah i finally saw here alone oh i forgot about that yeah talk about that uh i I don't know if 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 maybe it was the idea that there was these people who were infected with something sure that had a uh that had a rash and it was like very dark and dismal. It reminded me of um, I don't know if you ever read Garth Ennis's Crossed. Yes. It wasn't as um, it wasn't as violent and overrated as Crossed, because <laughs> I'm not a fan of that book at all. Right. But it nonetheless had that very grim, hopeless feel to it. Like the girl with all the gifts was there was like some violent, horrible stuff going on. But even in the light of like the way it ends, you still it was still a relatively optimistic movie. Sure. Um. Here alone did not feel optimistic at all, ever, for one second, including but not limited to the ending. No, it's a very dark film, and it it, it tries to make a very sort of, like, dark point, I think. Yeah, and the thing is, is, uh, I mean, I I have no problem with The Walking Dead. I have no problem, like, 
with the way the people look in The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. But in those first few seasons where they're just like being mobile, it didn't feel like truly like a truly nomadic people. Sure. Like everything just looked like it didn't take me out of it, but it looked very clean. All the people in in, 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 in here alone were filthy from sleeping outside. Yeah. You know, bathing in human piss to hide their scent. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of what I liked about it is that it felt just grim enough to be real. You gonna take another break? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, here alone. It's dark. Uh, we're gonna come back and talk about some movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy Krueger here, aka Robert England, and you're listening to Horror Business. Hey, hey, y'all. We're back. So yeah, uh, here alone was good. Yeah. Very dark. Very grim. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's really. I mean. I mean, I guess, oh, God. Thanks to LVAC. Oh, we didn't do our... No. Thank you to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations for bringing this episode. Let's let's do something here, too, because you haven't listened to the new Cinepunks. You don't know about this, but the listening public probably knows by now. Um, During the last episode of Cinepunks, we made our usual joke about Chris Reject not being straight edge. It's not a joke. It's the the truth. Right. But uh, Andy Nelson couldn't stand up. He wanted to know why. So we called him. You called Chris? Yeah, and so on the air, Chris explained to us the name. So apparently the uh, Las Vegas Athletic Club already had LVAC.com on lock. So he added the X's so that it was, and he figured people would just assume the X's were more about punk and less about straight edge. Um, But he was not trying to say that he was like, he was never trying to claim straight edge that way. I accept it. I accept it as a. I reject his explanation. <laughs> well, he is Chris Reject. He is a false member of the order, and it will not be tolerated. <laughs> I will kill him. Hey, uh, Lehigh Val- Valley Apparel Creations uh, is the um, place to go for all of your screen printing needs. Yes, I would say we have uh, we have buttons made by them, and we're gonna have we're, soon. We're gonna be having shirts made by them. They do good work. They do really good work. They do the best work. Shirts, hoodies, koozies, patches, posters, whatever you need. Whatever you need. If he, if if you need it to be screen printed, Chris will do it. He will find a way. And they have artists there too. So if you're like, uh, I got a thing I want to promote, but I don't got any good ideas for how it should. What look. do I want to do? I got this idea for some design, but I don't know how to do it because I'm not an artist. I don't even know any artists. I mean, what is an artist? <laughs> <laughs> if only there were artists in this. If only there was someone who could I could communicate my ideas to and they could put it on paper. Yeah, so why am I going to Lehigh Valley? It's because it's that good. I go... All the way from Secaucus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they have people there on staff that'll, 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 that'll print it up for you, that'll, that'll work with you. They, uh, they're they're, they're um, concerned with the environment. They're not filthy capitalists. Uh, Chris totally is. I mean, he's he, he insulates his house with money. <laughs> <laughs> he's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Lehigh Valley Valuations. Thank you. Uh, so uh, before we get go any further, um, I do want to remind you guys: uh, check out the Cinepunks Patreon page. Um, any little bit helps, and any any little bit is tremendously appreciated. Um, we just added two new podcasts to the family. We were talking about it beforehand. Um, Got us a movie and Black Sun Dispatches. 
Got us a movie is got, got me a movie. Got me a movie. I keep saying got us because I think it's the two of them. So got it's, me. It's colloquial. It's like colloquial. yo, I got me a movie. I got me a movie. Over what over do you got there? I got me a movie. They're in Texas, so no one is talking that way. Yeah, actually, no. If you talk like that in Texas, you are going to get run out of the town, whatever but town it is. They Probably don't, not. I don't want to get do a fake Texas accent though, because a I'd be bad at it, and, and they B, don't have accents. They don't have accents at all. I don't think they're from Texas. No, I think Andrew is from. I actually think Andrew is from New York or the Northeast. No, I believe Andrew is from. Well, I don't know where he grew up, but he was born somewhere in Europe. I believe he's from Cyber- Cybertron because his last name is Burkertron. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, yeah, hey, Got Me movies good. Yeah, and also Black Sun Dispatches. Uh, I listened to the first. Uh, I listened to the first episode of Got Me movie. It's very. They got their shit down. You know, they're they're, sure. they're they're veterans of podcasting. Sure, they're very good. It's very fun to listen to. I like to. I think Andrew's a good editor. I yes. think it's a very well edited show, and I wish he would just edit my show. So yes, I, don't have I to agree. Do it anymore. Welcome to Cinepunks, Andrew. Hint, hint, hint. Um, and then Black Sun Dispatches is, is, it's so good. It's really, really it's good. It's so good. I mean, if you like, like I, I said on Twitter, if you like weird shit and you do because you're friends with me, you should listen to Black Sun Dispatches. It's, it's like short fiction. And I'm not just saying that because I, because he's a, you know, cause, cause Brendan is like a member of the Cinepunks family. This is like legit good. If you like the weird short fiction, uh, if you like stuff that's like Lovecraftian or like dark towery stuff then listen to this this is just good it's very good it's so good and what i like about the reaction too is that um no one on the team heard it i didn't like shop it around to the whole cinepunks family and be like what do you guys think what do you guys think i kind of trusted like i think brendan will do something good and he really just sent me before i signed on the first story that's the first episode and that was alone i was like yeah that's good so the reaction from you josh a bunch of cinepunks people who were like I don't know what this is, but I'll give it a, a, and you know, nothing against Brendan, but like some of the responses from people before they listened to it, I was like, we're going to do this podcast. It's a short story podcast. They were like, that sounds dumb. Like that doesn't sound like a thing I want to hear. I'm not going to ask who said that because I don't want to call anyone out. But if you said that, I'm going to have to have a talk with you. Well, but I think the point, I, I actually want to affirm that in that for some people, podcasts are only the thing that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think yeah. the podcast is talk shows. Yeah. So for Brendan to come along, now granted, if you've listened to Lore, if you've listened to a few podcasts like this, I mean, this is nothing like Welcome to Night Vale because it's not funny, but like the idea of like it's within a world, it tells a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think there are other podcasts that do this, but the people I was talking to, they don't know podcasts that way. They only know podcasts like this. So what I'm telling you is if you are someone... I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you're one of these people, but if you are someone who you found your way to hard business, but you're like, you know, I'd like less banter between idiots and more <laughs> directed narrative. There's about 100% too much Justin and Liam in this. So you could take that down by 100%. <laughs> I just think it's well-written. It's smart. Um, so yeah, support them. And that's the point of the Patreon is that we're able to do new shows. We have more shows we're working on. We're able to do these only because of the support on the Patreon and where the Patreon is at right now. It doesn't even cover our goal is just our base cost. Yes. And so we are not even at that yet. Once we are, then I think, um, we can start saying, you know, reaching for things like, uh, how do we pay our writers more, you know, or right now we're not paying anyone anything. How do we pay our writers? How do we um, support those podcasts so they can expand what they do, maybe get better equipment or offer different kinds of episodes? I mean, again, I don't think any of us are trying to quit our jobs, uh, but it'd be nice to like cover hosting fees, do yeah. some live events, even offer like free swag to people. That I, sort of thing. Yes, I mean, if you, who doesn't enjoy free swag? I sent some free swag out today to a listener who left us a review. 
Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, Sarah Castro, shout out. I sent her something. Sent her some some free swag, some pins and stickers. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> it was very much appreciated. All right. So, uh, do we want to start with our? I mean, I guess we'll take a. Um, yeah, we I don't mean, need to take a little break. I, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say. Um, I mean, the trailer has to go somewhere. So why don't we just say like? Well, real. I I just wanted to. Um, real quick, we were talking about. Um, I mean, you guys covered it on Cinepunks. This is more of a plug to get you guys to go check out Cinepunks. I thoroughly enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and to know what Liam thought about it, you got to go listen to Cinepunks, the newest episode. So head on over there and check it out. Who knows? I might have hated he it. He might have hated it. I don't know. I I don't. It's not like we saw it together. It's we, not like we sat next to each other. Not that we sat and <laughs> looked over. That was really good. You know, it was Kurt Russell looking good. That was really good. I mean, we probably only held hands like twice. Twice. At most. Yeah. But um, yeah, so go check out the rest of the Cinepunks family. If you would like to be a part of the Cinepunks family, get at us. Cinepunks at gmail.com. Cinepunks at gmail.com. Liam just said it. I have to say it again. We're Johnny two times. It's technically Justin's show, so it's I try not to outshine. technically my show. I'm just here. I'm like um I'm like uh, Ed McMahon to his Johnny Carson. Very good. You're like the um Yeah, I got nothing. That's what you are. Alright, so we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back, we're gonna be talking about 2016's Prevenge. Baby knows what to do. Baby will tell you what to do. Listen to the sound of my voice. You're insane. I am a working mother. All right, and we are back. Biggity biggity back. To talk about Prevenge. Now, as we said at the beginning of this episode, both these films are only available on the Shutter Network. So uh, we are not being paid in any way, shape, or form to do this we were not contacted by shutter to do this this was entirely up to me and liam we wanted to do a shutter exclusive mostly because i was just so happy to win the free year of shutter that i was like we need to do a shutter exclusive and talk about it we're probably gonna do another episode because there's a lot of really cool stuff on there yeah and i think it's worth just i i i think it, it wasn't that we um want we're like oh let's just uh let's just hype shutter though we do love sam zimmerman it's more like um, this is a service that a lot of horror fans are on. And if you are a horror fan who's not on it and you're thinking, well, is this worth my time? Maybe we will, you know, help you make a decision. If yeah, you, let if, me answer that for you. Yes, it fucking is. Because Shudder's awesome. It's really good. I, I Again, I'm not trying to show for them. We don't get a kickback. But it's hard for me to imagine someone being a big horror fan and not wanting to be on it. Unless you're just against streaming. Like you have some sort of like yeah, vendetta who, who against are you, streaming. Me? You're not against nah, streaming. Nah, I'm just making playing with you. Um, you stream it on your little laptop, right? I, no, I stream it on my phone. Even better. Oh, yeah, the worst. Uh, unlimited data, man. I'm grandfathered in. So, um, I do want to do. I think we should do another Shutter exclusive episode. I mean, I'll fit that in in the year I have planned ahead of this because there's a lot of good stuff on Shutter, and because we go on was so good. <laughs> I, can see, but I just winked. A no limb. one can see you're <laughs> winking. <laughs> that we should do another episode where we talk about Shutter exclusives. So anyway, let's talk about Prevenge. Uh, written, directed, and starring Miss Alice Lowe. Now, this is her first writer-director credit, but she's been acting in films for a long she's time. She's had small pieces. You've seen her before. If you ever, she was in Hot Fuzz. Mm -hmm. She was the she was uh, in she was like the the the, the supermarket. Uh, she worked. She was one of the women who worked in the supermarket. But I think she was in The World's End too. 
Yes. She was in a great little movie called Sightseers. This movie was so fucking good. <laughs> like, it was so good and so British that I have been, like, chomping at the bit to talk about this movie ever since we watched it. Um, The basic plot of this movie is that uh, I, I didn't get the main actress's... I didn't get the main character's name. Oh, yeah. That's hard to say because I, I think... And a chunk of the movie, she doesn't really tell people her name. Yeah, but we'll just say Alice Lowe. Okay. So Alice Lowe plays, she's an expecting mother. She's like, she's very pregnant. And we find out that her um, her boyfriend, the father of her child, died in a rock climbing accident. It's pretty fucking gruesome. You never actually yeah. see the accident, but there's like the, it, the, the storytelling of this is just so good. Um, anyway, he's dead. And it opens up and we find out that she is killing people that she believes is responsible for her boyfriend's death. And Liam, who is telling her to kill the people? <laughs> Liam? Who's telling her to kill the people? Oh, I thought you were... S- I, I misinterpreted your sentence. I thought you were saying that Liam was telling her no. to kill people. Yeah, Liam O'Donnell was projecting his... God, God damn it. Her hey, baby. Like, her baby. So she believes her baby is telling her to kill these people. Um, And it's great because the baby is... The way the baby tells her, it's just her voice, but like... like it shifted up. Yeah. Like, and, and Hello, mommy. You got to get out of that man. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it, the the pitch is baby, but it's not like the baby is his baby talk. It's just like. It's her voice. They're fucking pricks and those everyone is terrible. Kill them. Off, father. Oh, you need to kill them. Bloody world. Oh, sort off. Oh, bag of shite. <laughs> We're bad at British. I don't even know what's also. These accents, some of them are very British, but some of them are more. Or some of them sound maybe not Scottish, but like they're, they, they're not. They're not anything. They're just us being assholes. <laughs> I don't know. I They're don't. Horribly I'm not going to pretend like I understand British accents, but a lot of people in this movie are hard to understand. I'm just they that. are. Um. So let's just, I guess, start at the beginning. The 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 intro music to this was fucking cool. Yeah. All the music in this movie was so, and it was like all the music, all the like original music, because there was like a pretty cool soundtrack. Because there is a scene where she kills a fucking disco DJ. By the way, we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this movie, and if you haven't seen this movie, pause the podcast. And then at least go watch the movie. If you want to come listen to the rest of it, that's fine. That's cool. We would appreciate that. But at least go watch this movie. You don't. You don't need to see we go on. Fucking say we're that not right. there yet. We're not there yet. So th- this movie, that. like the music, was so great. It was like sort of like Al- Alan Haworth, like John Carpenter, like very like you know like Brad Fidel, like very eighties and synthy and just yeah. good. It's got a very uh, handheld feel as far as cinematography wise. But it's not. It never gets distracting. It very much works for the film, which is is very tight. It's very personal. Yes. It's very intimate. A lot of the shots, and it's a, very much about her experience. Yeah. Even even when it gets to a point where you're starting to see how crazy she. I mean, she seems pretty crazy right up front because the first thing she's murdering someone. But you know, I, it's a heart movie, so I'm ready to I'm ready yeah. to be sympathetic. And that's what I love about this. Uh, it's it's undeniably a horror movie. It is undeniably 100% a horror movie. But if you tuned in at five random moments in this movie, you might be thinking you were seeing five different movies because sure. it had like the horror elements and then it was undeniably funny. Like this movie was so it was so fucking funny. funny. But not funny in like a goofy. This is not like a Tucker and Dale versus Evil. No, 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 no. It's again, it's very British, which right. I mean, I, that's all I can really say. It's very British. Um and it's also very sad. Yeah, because it's it's not it's not an upbeat. It it manages to like really get some solid laughs without ever being 
sentimental. It's a very stark, sad film. And because I, I think one of the things that makes it really sad is, um, so I, I, we told you we're going to spoil this movie. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that it is that there is any sort of external force acting upon this woman or internal internal force because it's a baby. Like I'm leaning more towards it's this woman's own schizophrenia manifesting itself. Yeah, I mean, they never directly say that she's having a psychotic break, but I think the film suggests, I think it more than suggests that that's what's going on. Yeah, because at one point when she goes to kill, because um, her, oh, so her, her husband was a climbing? No, he's not her a climbing. Boyfriend, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is not a climbing instructor, but he's part of a team, and there's too many people on this line. Yes. And they're all going to go. And somehow the decision is made to cut him loose so the rest can live. Yeah, so utilitarianism at its finest. Um, so when she confronts the climbing instructor, and she's like, you killed my, my baby's gonna grow up without a father because of you. And, you, you, you know, you think like, oh, this dude, like, let her boyfriend die. And he's very clearly haunted by this decision. You know, this was not an e- easy decision for her to make. But then, so you're starting to like this guy, he drops the bomb like, he just when when he's becomes apparent that he she's gonna try to kill him, he tells her like flat out like your boyfriend was gonna break up with you, like your boyfriend was going to break up with you, and they allude to it because she was not well. I don't want to say crazy because I don't like using that term. Sure, but you know what I mean. Like there's a suggestion that there's more going on there, and that part of why she's doing this is because there's more going on. Like the reason this is happening is not just oh, well, this horrible thing happened, and now, of course, I'm getting revenge. It seems to suggest that, like, you're working out your anxieties because you knew deep down things were not going well. Yes, yes. It's definitely a manifestation of um, the problems she was having with her boyfriend that are coming to light as her child telling her to kill these people. Um, And she kills him. She kills him in some brutal ways. Yep. Uh, We see one scene where she goes after a DJ... Which was pretty cool because that guy was awesome. Yep. This like shitty DJ doing like a 70s night with an afro where he's this big goofy white guy. At first, to be fair, the first two people she interacts with, which is the pet store owner and the DJ. Are disgusting human they're beings. They're awful. So like even though they're showing you what happened, like they, they, the way the film works narratively is the the main story is her going after these people, but they'll have flashbacks or or cut-ins. Brief flashbacks. Like, interstitials of what happened. And, and and I think it's mostly her imagining. She wasn't there. But it's her imagining what happened to her boyfriend. Yeah, you see, well, like, you see like splashes of blood on the rock. You yeah, see, yeah, like, yeah. a hand cutting a line. So even with that stuff, there was a part of me that kind of thought at first that she was just killing these men because they were monsters. Yeah. And it takes a bit for it to become clear that, no, this is personal, and it, I think it was just easier in a way for these first two because they're just like pieces of shit, the worst fuckers. Um, yeah, those first two guys were definitely like trying to fuck her when she killed them. Yeah, basically. Um, especially the second guy who literally takes her home and is like, she she castrates him, and it is beautiful. Um, my favorite line from that guy was when he said, "Scream if you want to go faster." It's DJ O'Clock while wearing an Afro wig playing music to nobody. He's a DJ playing to an empty bar. Yep. It's fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, so the first two people she kills, you're like, okay, she's on this killing spree for whatever reason, and you're kind of like, cool, this is going to be like kind of like a just a classic revenge film with some laughs thrown in. But then she starts encountering people who were just like normal people. Like, um, 
the one woman she kills is like I guess like a human resources person at a company. Yep. Yeah. And the woman's like, oh yeah, we're we can't hire you, but we're very sorry. And then like engages her in conversation, and she's like a completely fine human. Be- like she's totally nice. She's like, I'm very sorry we can't hire you. And they're like talking and blah 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 blah. And then that's when it starts to sink in that like this woman is like not killing. I mean, not that there's right and wrong people to kill. But that not everyone she's going to kill is going to be as revolting as the first two people she kills. Sure. Until finally she works her way up to one guy who is like entirely sympathetic, who is clearly haunted by what he's had to, by what he's done, and it's very apparent that no, she's a fucking psychopath who has had a break with reality. None of this is actually, you know, the baby isn't actually talking to her. She's just gone off the deep end and is acting out um, this weird revenge fantasy. That's a little harsh. Is it right though? <laughs> yeah, it's basically. Yeah, I mean, that's. Basically... I mean, I, 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 I think she's still. I, for me at least, she's still sympathetic. I, I, I get why no. she's doing what she's doing. I get this sort of feeling of like what happened to him was still kind of messed up. But yeah, the film is. It seems to me at least is pretty clear that like she's not dealing with reality and, oh. Uh, even if the situation is tragic, at some level, these people did not make... It's not like they were all like, let's kill this guy. We're so super stoked to murder some random dude. Yeah, this is, it's, this it's isn't, not about that. This isn't like Arya's list from Game of Thrones. Like, this is a woman who... Um, yeah, I mean, and when I said, like, by the time, you know, she's having like a, this psychotic break, she is sympathetic. There is a there is a part of her that you can understand where why she's doing this. Like everyone's been there. Everyone's been there where something has gone horribly wrong, and um, you know we've we've all been there where we just want to lash out and like take yeah. the anger out on someone. But what I like about the movie is that it, it's also not resolved. She gets to a point where she realizes who she is and what's really going on. Yes. But the film refuses to give you that satisfying. It ends Absolutely. on a note that I won't ruin for you completely, but just sort of is like, there will be no closure. <laughs> yes, which I I love. Because um, there, there, there's, if there's one thing I like, I do like when movies have the guts to just be like, no, not everything is wrapped up in like a neat little package. Well, I think the way the movie is done too, and this might be just a symptom of the director and writer also being the star, is that though the movie wants to tell you something about who she is and what she's going through, it's still totally sympathetic. So like yeah. the idea that she isn't completely different is kind of okay because the movie's not about that. It's more like an exploration of that feeling of like yes. you have to pay for this thing. And I think it's what's weird is even though it's such a crazy setup, this guy dies in a climbing accident and now this pregnant woman is murdering people. It's like it seems like the most unrelatable thing ever. And yet I think anyone who's been in a situation where they felt wronged. Yes. And they felt like they really wish they could get back at people for how they were wronged. This is completely sympathetic. It's completely relatable. Yeah, because, uh, and again, especially with the first two people, because they're absolute pieces of shit. Right. And then, um, yeah. It It only goes off the rails. There's a moment where she goes after, even the woman, like, I kind of got it, even though she seemed like a nice lady, I'm kind of like, well, whatever. She didn't get the job, so fuck that lady. But um, she goes to the one dude's place and... The, his roommate is there. Oh yeah, his roommate is so charming. He's such a nice and guy, so nice, and like she legitimately really, nice. She really doesn't want to kill the roommate. She like wants the roommate to be okay. Yeah, yeah. But when the guy comes home, 
he knows who she is. He recognizes yes. her. And he's like, oh, God, no. And it's like it's so immediately off the rails that she's just like has to kill the roommate. I mean, she doesn't. She could say, oh, my God, murder is wrong and I shouldn't be murdering people. But, you know, she's not going to say that. No, Instead, she goes, I got to kill this guy, too. Because, again, there is there was something wrong with this woman before this movie started. Like normal people, they might have that like, like, OK, not endorsing violence at all. But when you get hurt and by you, I mean, like the just hypothetical you when when one gets hurt romantically, emotionally, whatever. There's always that instinctive urge to lash out at someone. Sure. But as civilized human beings who partake in the social contract, we restrain ourselves because we understand that you just can't go around fucking murdering people. You just can't do it. This woman so I easy. I mean, unless you're a G like me. Sure, unless you're a G like Liam <laughs> or a T-800 sent back in time to protect yourself. <laughs> um, you can't just go around murdering people. But she so easily slips into... And she has, like, relatively little problem doing it. And, like, revenge or not, like, she does it way too easily. The notebook she has, the fucking notebook she has. It shows that there's something wrong. There is something not right with this woman at all. And even even her interactions with people, like, she, she keeps going to the doctor. And even when she's talking to her doctor, her, her um, OBGYN, even the way she interacts with, like, normal people, there's something very clearly not well with this woman. Right. Um... So that's that's what I think is like so fascinating about this movie is they clearly make her like an a sympathetic character that you feel bad for and you're kind of rooting for but at the same time you understand that she's not right at all and there's something yeah. inherently wrong and inhuman about her. Um and I do like the like the the fucking the the the, the Halloween scene that they just yeah. that that's sort of like a little on the nose with making her to be like a literal monster. But I still think that's one of the, like the most striking scenes in the movie. It's not a film that relies overly on visual storytelling. It's more like a straightforward narrative. But, um, but there are a few moments for this kind of film, which is, it's also let's be clear, extremely not extremely, but relatively low budget, um, sort of handheld, kind of like it has that indie feel. Yeah. In the current, the current trend of indie films. And yet there's definitely a number of visually arresting moments, just well shot, well framed, just done well. I like there was there was a couple times where she was having one of these episodes. First of all, was that like the Brides of Dracula she was watching that she kept? I don't know what that movie was. That's what I thought it was, like the, the, the classic, like, um, it was like the one good thing about the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing was the Brides of Dracula. Like the very operatic, like, dramatic. I don't think that's what that was, though. I think that was like a German. It looked like a German expressionist. It was film. something, but it was these like three women. They were like the Fates or something. Yeah, like the Fates, and they were very done up. Like if you if you're familiar with like the German expressionism, like the the white makeup with the the dark around the yep. eyes, like the very wide eyed, like just and that that kind of like that's what she is. Yeah, because at several points in the movie, she kind of dons that look. Um, Another thing I I took a note that I liked about there was there was a lot of well not a lot there was a scene where she's having like an episode, and there's these um there there was these visuals of uh of 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 low creatures of vermin like snakes and centipedes and and, and spiders and it would only they would show that as the child was talking so I do like the idea of the child as like an external force. Sure. As like a corrupting serpent. There's just something like primitive about that that I thought was awesome. Well, and I think it kind of represents to some extent, um, even though the child isn't actually, you know, her daughter isn't actually telling her to murder these people. Um, in a way, she feels as if 
the inclination to murder these people is coming from that source. Yes. Like she literally thinks the child is telling her, but in a sense, metaphorically, the reason she's in this space is because of this crisis that he's dead and she has a kid. But I think what sort of becomes clear is that it's not really about that. that no, no, that no. There's it's... something else underneath. And the way that that's done is, is interesting. But I think the, opening in that pet store where all they're looking at is these insects and weird creatures reptiles yeah kind of represents how she's thinking of this baby she's not experiencing it's not clear that she's experiencing love and compassion towards the baby even if she's murdering these people it's not because she like is feeling for her child it's more just um uh, a response to a stimuli yes this is her subconscious rationalizing these horrible feelings that she has and again there's nothing this is not an external separate entity acting upon her this is her own sickness manifesting itself as an external entity telling her to do these things and it's just manifesting itself and in in, in very visually interesting ways i like the the serpent and the, the the creatures well and let's say this too i mean what we're describing besides a movie that we both really enjoyed we thought was really well done that it's not scary, but it succeeds as a horror movie, yes. I think. And it's funny and just, you know, well acted for, oh my God, for yeah. a movie. Like, it's also a movie written and directed and starring a woman. And in horror, that doesn't happen that much. Like, I know that, like, horror fans tend, you know, overall to be less concerned with, like, representation issues or, you know, social justice sort of stuff. But to me, like, there just aren't that many women directors. And it's not because, as people often assume the women don't like horror i think that's ridiculous but i do think that they don't get women directors don't get the same opportunities so the fact that this movie came yeah. out just makes me want to support it especially someone who whose work i'm somewhat familiar with you know because i already like her so yeah she does this project it's really good i have to be like yeah this is great you should support it you know and i do i i do like the fact that she kind of took this theme of a crazy pregnant woman who's out to get, you know, hell hath no fear like a woman scorned. Like, she kind of took that and fucking ran with it and yeah. turned it into, like, like a parody of itself, and it still worked. Right. Like, I, I, there's just something brilliant in her, in, in, in her, in her ability to do that. And it's, uh, it's just rewarding that, 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 that this was, I mean, this isn't, like, a very, like, woke, quote-unquote, movie, but... Yeah, it's not a particularly, I mean, I wouldn't, when you say something, I... I don't want to say it's not a feminist movie because then it suggests that it's somehow anti that. And that's not what I mean. What I mean is that it's not a movie with a huge sort of agenda per se. No, but it, it explores themes that yeah. if a movie had an agenda, the movie would tackle. Um, and, and again, this is a movie about a woman being controlled by her emotions, which is something that misogynistic assholes like to throw around. Um and it's about, a, you know, a woman who is actually crazy. And uh, again, this movie turns out into a parody of itself. And that that's just hard to do. But Alice Lowe does it really, really easily. Yeah. And, I, you know, we keep saying crazy. I guess that's not fair. She's dealing with mental illness. She is dealing with mental illness. Yeah. However, um, I think the movie is not. What's interesting is that the movie is showing you the worst case scenario in a way because she's detached from reality and she's harming people. But I still am sympathetic with her. The whole no part oh, yeah. of me is like, oh, this lady, what the hell is she doing? I'm like, oh man, yeah. We've all, right. all been there. Like, yeah, I've never killed a person in my life, and I watch this movie. I'm like, fuck, I know it. I know what she's going through. I, uh, yeah, I know. I, if... and I think in in a sense, um, having just had a kid, and you know, talking to my wife, like, 
you know, there is a sense, especially during pregnancy, where it's hard not to start to think like you have a parasite. Like, yes, like, oh, you love your baby, whatever. Like, all that stuff is real. And, you know, all you got to do is listen to Cinepunk's the latest episode, and I fucking get all smushy about it. And I, you you know, got a little smushy on Facebook the other day about this. Yeah, and I, I, I had to knock you down a couple notches to be like, calm down, it's fine. You're allowed no, to do that. I know. I, I'm just saying, I get a little smushy about my daughter. There's That's totally true. That. But I don't think it's rational to ignore the fact that um, before they're born, children are a parasite living in a woman. Yeah, man. Like, I've, se- I've seen Alien. I know how these things work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think even though Prevenge. It you know she has the baby and she sees the baby and the baby is just a normal baby and suddenly she realizes the way that her mind has been projecting something, but I think part of that is acknowledging before then the reality of that experience that yes. when you are pregnant it's 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 there's some part of you that's kind of like why is this thing in me how do I get it out of me you know what I mean that that's not it's not all love and life giving and oh it's the circle of life and blah 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 for better or worse. Um, even though pregnancies typically don't result with the child commanding the woman to kill, that baby is still in control of your life. That baby calls all the sure, shots. If sure. you, if that baby, if, if if you're sleeping and the baby wants you to wake up, you're gonna wake up. You know what I mean? It's it's not as dramatic as um, go to the climbing gym and kill a man and you know in front of some other people or <laughs> you know castrate a man in front of his mother. Like it's not as dramatic as that. But I mean, it is. It's it's a, a child is. Um, I mean, it's not a parasite. Also, a parasite. I want to point out biologically, a child is not a parasite. You know what I mean, though. I'm just saying. My point <laughs> is is that there's a sense in which the experience is both alien and strange, as well as it is wonderful. And I I just think that we need to hold those things as both being true, because when we act like the experience of pregnancy and having children is always just all flowers and light yes we end up making women whose experiences aren't that feel weird like yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. it wrong and that's just not the reality yeah, i mean I granted mean, we're both two dudes so who the fuck cares what we think but yeah, and i'm not even a father so fuck my opinion even further yeah like, but but so that's what i'm not trying to dictate for people and if your experience was like every moment was magic and everything was was amazing that's great like i'm so glad for you but i know that many women who were like yeah like not necessarily that it was a bad experience or anything like that that's not what i'm saying but there's some element to it that's weird and strange yes and i think this movie kind of gets at that and i wouldn't be surprised if uh she was a mother so she was sort of expressing i don't know if allison was children or not but she does that was she was actually pregnant during this movie okay so that's what i'm saying like i think the movie sort of captures that feeling of strangeness that it's there's something about it that's weird i mean it's only like like i can only speak because i mean i've i've spoken at length before i've i'm an uncle my niece just turned eight last week i love my niece more than i love anything on this planet holding her for the first time was a very beautiful thing and i would die for her but i didn't want to see the fucking the ultrasounds and I didn't want to be there when the birth was because there's still that part of me that's like the biological compound component what the hell am I talking about component of a child of something growing inside something else no matter that it's the most natural thing in the world maybe it's just the horror fan in me but there's something alien about that and I don't mean alien in like the Ripley Ripley Ridley Scott alien I mean sure there's something that if there's something growing inside of me 
again, I'm a man, so my opinion on this means it doesn't mean anything. It means dog shit. But yeah, th- this this movie definitely takes a look at both the 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 beauty of pregnancy and the 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 miracle of birth. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. It is a beautiful thing, but it also looks at the less romantic concept of being pregnant. I appreciate that. Okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, so feel feel free to feel free to hit up our business and let us know if we feel like we don't know what we're talking about. Because we fair. don't, and I, 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 mean, I, I, really I I'm actually imploring you to to open up a dialogue because it, me especially because Liam is a father. Liam has more to talk about. M- Liam knows what he's talking about. He's gonna say he doesn't, but he totally does. Me, I know about much about as much as pregnancy as I do about like I don't know quantum physics or Higgs boson particles. Or Faust, Proust, whatever his name is. I don't know anything about that. I like Pr- you were like Faust. Oh wait, no, Proust. <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah. Um, hey, so uh, I guess we'll take a break. Yeah, that's all I can really say about that movie. Yeah, I mean, it's so it, good. It's really good. I think you know a lot of times we get into the thicket here, but it is not. I I would say that though it's amazing. There's no like extra level thing there no. other than what we we're saying, which is just this experience of pregnancy and the way that it deals with mental illness. You know, clearly this lady's dealing with something, but she she's never foaming at the mouth. She's never no. talking to she's talking to something that's not there. But it's never done in a way that makes you go, "Oh, what a fucking dig bag." It's but like, it, but it is definitely the fact that she's talking to her child. I will say. I could see how that would make sense to someone who wasn't 100% in touch with her. Sure, sure. I mean, it's not like she's like, oh, so I poured a bowl of cereal today and the red Fruit Loops are telling me to kill these people and the blue Loops Fruit Loops are saying not to, but there was more red than there was blue, so everyone's going to die. Like, it was it was saying that, like, oh, like, my child who I'm pregnant with, whose father died in the climax accident, is telling me to kill the people who killed their father. Like, it doesn't even, you don't really have to go that far down the road of insanity yeah. for that to make sense. Yeah. So. You could see someone doing this who wasn't, in a break from reality. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe not going as far as she does, because she really pushes herself for a pregnant lady, but um, but still, there's a feeling of, like, the logic is there. It's just the movie does a good job of making it more complex, and that's yes. a decision of the filmmakers. So. Yes. I think we're, we're stalling because we are less excited. Oh, my God. So, we're just going to say, go see Prevenge. Subscribe to Shudder. Go see Prevenge. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some stuff. Go see Prevenge. We'll be right back. Ad, this is Rachel. Uh, I'd like to buy an ad. And what's this an ad for? I'd like to offer $30,000 to the first person that can show me definitive proof of life after death. Dr. Ben Ellis says he's got a technique that will guarantee a supernatural encounter. You put these on, please. And we are back. We are back to talk about 2016's We Go On, written and directed by Jesse Holland and Andy Mitten. It was written by Jesse Holland and Andy Mitten, and it was directed by Andy Mitten. Now, um, so I'm going to get you guys in the mood to figure out what we're talking about right now. So I was thinking about a metaphor I could use. So I'm going to talk about a metaphor that we're going to use for this, okay? I really like Prevenge. Now, a few months ago... Gardein introduced Pizza Pockets. The, the, the vegan pizza, they're like vegan Hot Pockets. I love them. 
I eat them probably like once or twice a week, and they're very good. That's pretty fucked up, but go ahead. So, but the thing is, is I love them when they're going on. I eat the pizza pockets, and they're so good. But the next day, the after effects, it's sort of like I'm in the bathroom for a little bit. Okay. And it's like a stadium full of people booing a bad Queen cover band. That's what it sounds like. Right. So that's what the... <laughs> <laughs> that's what watching these movies were like. Prevention was like the actual process of eating the pizza pockets, the Gardein Hot Pockets. There's a sponsor, Gardein, what's up? This movie was the after effects. We Go On was almost completely unenjoyable. Let me, let, let's, okay. Let me say some things about this movie okay. first and foremost. Um, that are not entirely negative. Okay, I was, well, I was just about to say, what did you like about this movie? Well, this is what I'll say. One, I feel like it's, ex- I get the feeling it's extremely low budget. Yes. The budget for this thing is like minuscule. Yes. And for what they're doing, I feel like they did okay. Uh, like the effects look okay, not great, but they're fine. Um, I you know they 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 made a movie and I've never made a movie so exactly yeah at I'll some level I'm gonna say that just because it's easy to take it's easier for me to take a shit on like a Transformers or something something for which the GDP of a small country went into and yet it's still I do want to say crap. that when Liam and I saw Guardians of the Galaxy when they showed the trailer for the last night I had to hold Liam down to keep him from jumping up he was so excited about the last night trailer he said that he was quote unquote more excited about this than he was about anything else in the entire world. And he called me an asshole for not being excited about it. He also claimed that Optimus Prime was a real person, but go on, Liam. All of that is true if you switch it to <laughs> about you and not me. Go on. <laughs> um, so with something like this, that like clearly this is the skin of their teeth just got it pulled off, I, I'm, I'm a little less inclined to go too ham on it. Yeah. But So let's say you know they pulled it off, it's a movie. And I think that the it's unexpected a little bit as to where it's going to go. I mean, here's a guy, uh, you know, the, to give you guys a sense of the plot, though it's kind of confusing. Uh, a dude, I, I think because he was in an accident, he has this anxiety about death. and Everything. He, he's he, afraid of everything. I mean, he's afraid of everything, but it all seems to be tied to this anxiety about death, and he wants proof that there's life after death. Yeah. And so he ends up offering money to anyone who can prove this thing to him. And he gets, you know, thousands and thousands of replies, and finally he finds three options. He explores all three options, and what it ends up turning out is one of these people who contacts him, who says he can prove it. It's not actually a human who's going to prove to him that there's life after death. This is a ghost. He is what we refer to as the living impaired. He is a living impaired gentleman who somehow in this, him showing up, is now attached to him, and now he's going to haunt him until he murders somebody for him. Which is a very interesting concept. So on paper, I'm in all the way. The problem I have... All right, so that's good. And I'll say that's good. And I will say the the actress, there's an established actress who plays his mom. Uh, that's her name's Annette O'Toole. She's fine. She's oh yeah. I what I mean is she's good in her role. <laughs> and I felt like the Mexican actress who plays the person who you can't tell if she's psychic or crazy. Okay. I'll get into why I didn't like that, but go on. I'm okay with her performance and her family's performances. I mean, uh, why not just get like why didn't they have like Native Americans doing like a dance? But that's that, that's not what I'm critiquing. What I'm saying is I'm just talking about acting. Okay, okay. And I'm naming the only people who acted in the movie, which uh, is you, you forgot to get you, you forgot to mention John Glover. 
yeah, who no. played Daniel Clamp from no. the Gremlins 2. He's awesome in this. No, he's not awesome. He is in this. great in this. The only people in it who are any good are Ed O'Toole and the Mexicans. Yes. <laughs> that sounds like a big derogatory. And, and the girlfriend, the girlfriend at the end. No, I thought she was bad. Really? I didn't like the girlfriend. Oh. I hated the ghost. The ghost was like maybe like my least favorite part. Mm. But my well, my second to least favorite part. My least favorite part is the main guy. Yeah, there you go. Who's unwatchable trash. Yes. Who should never be in another movie again. I'm sorry, sorry dude. I'm whatever you're. Harsh. I mean, no, okay. Uh, I was a little harsh when comparing this movie to 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 a unpleasant bowel movement. It wasn't that bad, it, nor was it as bad as the time I got really sick in a Manhattan subway and fucking threw up over the place. It wasn't as bad as that. But it is as bad. Was it as bad as your average uncomfortable bowel movement? Like not an especially uncomfortable bowel. Movement, no, like a, just, just like, an like everyday gross bowel. No, movement. it was it was it was it wasn't as good as that. You're just some sitting there not reading it because, as I told Liam earlier, I cannot read it on the toilet because <laughs> it'll come up and get me. Okay, so let's get into. Uh, I mean, first things first. Uh, it's a low budget film, but it, it it looks it. It's 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 not a very visually attractive film to watch. No, no, not it's at all. It's dark. It's washed out. It's trying to create a spooky atmosphere, but it's mostly just distracting. Yeah. to me. Um. Oh yeah, right. The guy from Gremlins too. You're right. He is good in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the plot is overly complicated. I think it drags out the movie a little too long to get at its main thesis. Yes. There's a little too much setup, and there's a lot of things that could be. Uh, hinted at that are said explicitly and there's a lot of things that should be said explicitly that are hinted at Yes, that I just feel like the movie it just does, can't figure out what needs exposition and what doesn't need exposition. Um, the dialogue is not good. No. Um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a combination of mediocre dialogue and I understand that great actors can work with bad dialogue. I get that. And John Glover and Annette O'Toole um, they work with what they have. Yeah, they're pretty good. But if you have bad dialogue and an actor who is not um, tippity-top, it's going to come off as very bad. This guy is a fucking charismatic black hole. Like, literally, anyone Jesus is on screen Christ. with this dude, he sucks the energy out of the room. He couldn't... <laughs> he's... I, 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 I mean, I'm saying, like, I. this is as someone who doesn't think you should unnecessarily shit on independent films. Yes, this dude is bad. Okay. He does not help this movie at all. I feel like, uh, you know, there's clearly issues with the script and there's clearly issues with the pacing. But it's the first movie. Yeah, they, this is their first part. You know, they, yeah. they're, they're uh, but what they can't fix is this guy. Like, you know, like if you, you could like take this movie and say like, yo, we can punch this up. You got, you got the original footage, right? Yes. We could re-edit this. We could take out some of the special effects that don't work. We can cut this in a way where, you know, the dialogue will still be bad, but the movie overall works. You can't work around this asshole. That dude is bad. And he's, he's the just, main character. He's in it so much the and he movie, can't do anything. The movie rests on his shoulders and I'm I'm sorry, if he was like a side character, maybe it would be okay. But when you're the main character, again, you gotta be fucking cool you got to be you got to be good to go when so much of this rests on you and it rests on believing a that you are this person dealing with all these anxieties which you never nail b that even though you're afraid of everything suddenly you have the goddamn courage to explore life after death like i can't leave my house i'm agoraphobic i will this time though because we're gonna go talk to a guy about ghosts 
what the fuck? Like that that's it's again, uh, that makes it sound like I think the idea itself is stupid. It's not, but you need to sell us on it and yes. the script doesn't sell us on it and the actor really doesn't sell us on yeah, it. This this movie this movie suffers from the same thing that most bad movies do in the sense that you can see uh the the vague embryonic outlines of something truly good. Like I watched the first, I'm going to say half of this movie thinking like, all right, this is where it's going to pick up. And then it would kind of get going and I would kind of get excited and then it would just kind of fall off. And I'm not going to lie, this this movie was, there were parts where I was like, this could be really fucking good. Um, I mean, because I, I, I said to Liam while we were watching it, this the basic plot of this movie could have been like a Richard Matheson story. Um, and there were parts that it's like... Um, like after he becomes after he goes to this like rundown house on an airport and finds this guy who he thinks is like leading him there and it turns out the guy's fucking dead and then he's trying to get back to his car and he's like turning on the radio and there's like shit screaming on the radio and there's all this weird shit that you can't tell he can't tell what's real and what's fake i really do think that like that con like there, there there's a there's a horror writer out there named Bentley Little who wrote a bunch of novels back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he was big on, you go to a house that's haunted. You leave the haunted house, the ghosts are there. But this movie was one of those things where it's like, oh no, you've made contact with the ghosts, now they're clinging to you. And they're just going to go wherever you go, and you're just fucked. I, thi I think that's a very fascinating idea. But if the, if the movie had just stuck to that, the plot would have been fine. But instead they, they had to introduce needlessly... Um, this guy's dad had killed himself. They didn't right. need to explain that at all. There's like other, you know, the interaction with other ghosts, the idea that like this um, Mexican psychic woman, she's always warning them of something else they're missing. Yeah. Then the girlfriend, like the whole point with the, that this ghost wants him to kill this girlfriend. And then it turns out, the girlfriend has actually killed him, and that's why. But so it doesn't she's matter. She's going to shoot him. But and it, it it doesn't matter that she killed him because he was a piece of shit, which we knew already. So it was just like, honestly, I mean, I I kind of defended it, the filmmakers, a little bit, but I do wonder if this also suffers from like, you know, trying to be too cool or too smart for your own good. Like, let's think about all the different. Like, there were certain elements that were really stupid to me. Like, okay, so the whole idea is that like this ghost can only walk the earth. The cosmology, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But the idea is like, now that the ghost is attached to you, the ghost doesn't want to hurt you. Yeah. Because you're its connection to the world. So if you die. So there's literally a point where the guy fakes that he might jump off his his fire escape yeah. just to fuck with the ghost. And then he's like, well, wait, no, I'm not going to do it. Like the ghost can't read your fucking mind and know that you're, you know, you're, 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 you're pulling a fast one. I mean, look, that sounds like a fun idea. Like, after you're done shooting one day and the whole cast is out drinking because I'm assuming you're boozers and not members of the order. Yes. And you're all getting drunk and, and like hanging out and like this is a bonding. And you're like, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it just be funny if he like did this thing? But that's not a thing you fucking set up and shoot. No. Like if there was a ghost attached to me and I was like, hey, ghost, I'm going to jump off this building. The ghost would be like, no, I know you're not going to do that. Again, maybe not. Maybe you have this whole thing, but it doesn't need to be in the film. There's there's too many little things like that that don't need to be in the film to yes. tell the story. But they did it anyway. They put them in there, and it drags the movie down, and none of them are actually that insightful. None of them actually add anything to the story, and it, I just think the movie overall suffers from this sort of like 
we have all these like super cool ideas and we're going to put them all in. It's so cool. And let me be clear. I think they were cool, interesting ideas. Some of them. But another thing that this movie that and this I this I won't I, I cannot forgive at all. I won't find any sort of like silver lining. You don't get an A for effort for this. The pacing in this movie was god awful. It's, I love slow movies, but I love slow movies that set an atmosphere. Yes. That's not what this was. This was a very procedurally filmed movie that could not get its fucking act together. The mo- the scene and I one other thing I, I hate, another thing that I cannot stand is fucking red herrings. Like yep. this movie um this would have been cool if this if it was going here. Like the scene in the beginning where they're like, "Oh yeah, you had that fear of that kid that died in his locker in school. Like, we're going to we're going to scare you so bad that it's going to like open your mind and all this stuff and yeah. you're like yo this is really fucking cool this is going somewhere but then like when that didn't go anywhere I was like no you've just wasted 20 minutes of this movie and 20 minutes of my life which I can't get back like I'm not gonna let that slide like that's a black mark on this movie for me now Yeah, is that you literally and that had nothing to do with this movie uh, I mean I, I guess they were trying to set up Daniel Clamp or John Glover whatever his real name is as like a fraud and they were showing like oh a lot of crazy people sending these fake YouTube videos but it's like, no, you've already established that when there was the five-minute scene of you and your mom watching all the fake YouTube videos. Sure. We know there are fake people out there. You don't need... They were just doing that for some shitty, scary special effect, and it was cheap, and I didn't like it. It's hard because when you are expressing how much you didn't like a film, it's hard to spend that much time on it because I don't want to burden everyone with just like, hey, guys, here's all the reasons this is a piece of shit. And I don't want to get personal and sound mean because I don't want to sound mean. Yeah, especially for a movie, again, like we said, for a movie like this that's like they just got it out. I mean, it like we said, it played the Philly Underground Film Fest. It's not like it played some giant, like it's yeah. not like a Cannes or something like that. But on, like I said, I've seen a lot of first-time films, like working with Film Fest. I've seen yeah. a lot of first-time films. And this is not one that gives me, I, again, it, it might turn out that their next movie is great. I hope I hope it is. I sincerely hope it is. But this is not a production that made me go, oh, I can't wait to see what they do next. Yes. It, it felt, and we didn't even get into the few fucking scares, and let's talk about this as Jesus. a fucking horror movie. Christmas. Anything that was a scare in this movie was just some jump scare, set up, cheap bullshit. There was no sense of dread. There was no sense of, of fucking stakes or fear i mean the only thing at which anything meaningful happens is when the girlfriend shoots the dude yeah and that's not it wasn't scary it was like oh this is what we're doing now and and spoiler alert he fucking lives yeah and he's fine like there were so many bullshit grudge fucking early 2000s like quick jump shot like big eyes and mouth like there was so much of that that it was just like like the only scenes that were like the only time where I was like, all right, that could have been creepy was the scene where he finds Nelson's dead body, the airport worker, when he finds his dead body and he's like, oh, fuck. And then the corpse like turns its head at him because it's just like a casual like it just turns its head like, oh, hello, I didn't see you there. Come in. Like it wasn't like man, like quick Jacob's ladder, like head shake, which all there's all the scares in this movie were like. Just you can't see, but I'm holding my finger and my thumb like a millimeter apart. This close to being like, like you've fucking seen it in movies a thousand times before. You've seen it like the really the loud like bass drop just to get you know the sensory reaction out of you and it's not actually scary. This movie, that's all this movie was. That's all it was. You're really funny. 
but that's what it was. I know. It just that amount you got worked up over it. That's why I get was I get upset. I'm no, the most easily upsettable person in the world. I think that, but that's. I mean, I, I hope people read that as we're not um, we're not taking joy in saying this movie's bad. But no, I, but I do think, at least for you and a little bit for me, when we invest in seeing something and it and it doesn't work, there is like a sense of disappointment there. Yeah. I think a lot of people watch horror and just expect all of it to be bad, and then when something's good, they're like surprised. Yeah. And I don't think that's how we watch horror movies, though I think you have a little more hope than I. You're a little bit more like, I'll just, and I'm more like, uh, let me watch some other movies I know are going to be good, yeah. and then I'll give this horror movie a chance. I'll just watch I, anything. I've been burned a lot. Because there, there's one. Well, and you also hate other movies. So. Yeah, but, but I mean, I'm also like, I'm also, you okay. Let me have one area in my life where I am not a cynical asshole. No, I appreciate that. Like, let me have that. Let me have this. And I don't mean to be cynical. Um, if it just Jesse Holland and Andy Mitten do not give up on filmmaking. Please make more movies. Yeah, please. Just understand that you need to just sharpen your fucking blades a little bit. And I will say that at least one of the posters for this movie is the worst poster I've ever seen. We're not going to talk about the goddamn poster in this movie. <laughs> you, fuck you, Liam. We're not going to talk about the fucking poster. I told Justin. I'm going to put this on the show. Oh, goddamn it. I told Justin that he has a bad habit of picking movies that have bad posters and then being surprised with the movies. Your bad. exact words were, you have terrible taste in art. That broke my fucking heart. <laughs> that part wasn't real, but it is true that sometimes you'll be like, oh, I watched this, and then it was bad. And then I look at the cover of that movie and I go, just look at this cover. It had to be bad. Dog Soldiers has the worst art in the history of the world. But that's what I'm saying. The if you saw the original cover of Dog Soldiers, which I did, right, and you said, "Well, this has to be good," then you're an idiot. The reality is, every normal human looked at that and said, "This is going to be a piece of shit." Watched it and was like, "Oh, what a pleasant surprise!" That's what I thought. I didn't say this movie's going to be fucked. This is going to. You rock. thought that with this movie, you multiple times will be like, "I watched this movie." And it was bad, and I was really surprised. And I'm like, everything, every visual cue about this film is telling you, hey, just so you know, this is a piece of shit. I am specifically talking about the first time I saw Dog Soldiers. <laughs> I picked it up because I was like, there's no fucking way this movie's going to be good. And then I almost shit my pants when I saw the fucking werewolves. So now every time bad Photoshop is employed, do you think it's going to be Dog Soldiers? I give it a chance. Again, <laughs> let me be optimism, optimistic in one area of my life. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't be optimistic. I'm just saying... One of the things that should temper that optimism, just temper it a little bit. Everything is else in my life tempers that optimism. The quality of the of the cover. Everything else in my life is tempered with cynicism. Let me have this optimistic, beautiful thing. <laughs> All I'm going to say is to the directors of this movie, for your next movie, a slightly better cover would be good. <laughs> hey, so uh, uh, those are two movies we watched. Yeah, there, there wasn't too bad. No, I mean, and and don't take this, don't take our response that we go on as a knock against Shutter. Shutter's just investing. Besides having a huge catalog of old movies, which is great. Yeah, they're also investing in these exclusives, movies that you might not get to see. Otherwise. They're giving people, they're giving independent filmmakers a chance, which is awesome. Yeah, and we've seen some of their other. Like I saw one of the other exclusives, Dear Sister. That movie's great. okay. Um, uh, there's a there's a series on there. It has a it's Scotsguard, I think it's called. It's like it's it's like Scandinavian. It's like a series. It's like a ten issue. Oh, you watched ten it? Yeah, yeah. I started to watch the first episode and I fell asleep because I'm I'm a horrible human being. But I'm gonna watch. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe I'll do it tonight. I don't know. So those were our two movies. 
Hey, uh, we just want to plug really quick. We said it on the last episode, but we'll say it again. There's some memorial screenings coming up for James Harris. Yes, uh, yes. One for the Hudson Harf show they're doing an italian double feature and they didn't say what the movies are it's sort of like a show up and find out and then at uh the alamo and yonkers they're doing a 35 of creep show um i don't know the dates you can find those they're both they're both in may sometime yeah um and uh as always uh check us out on twitter the harb is 666 um that's the mark of the beast by the way um, <laughs> Good clarification. Find us on Facebook at Facebook backslash the Harb is. Uh, you can contact us on either of those either of those venues or venues, <laughs> either of those uh, mediums on Facebook or Twitter, or if you want to email us at the is at gmail dot com. Um, if you leave us a five star review, or if you retweet or, or share anything like that, uh, email us or send us your address through direct message on Twitter or something like that, and we will send you a bunch of cool free shit. Um, we're going to be getting t-shirts made soon. We'll keep you guys updated on that. Um, I don't really know of anything else to say. Hit us up too. Um, well, we, one of the things, uh, one of the things available on the Patreon is for people to be guests on this show, uh, which we would love for you to do. Um, and right now no one, I don't think anyone has signed up for that specifically. So, uh, head over to the Patreon, throw us some support, and you can be a guest on our business. Yeah, that would be, I think that'd be a lot. You can ask any of the people we've had on the show. Me and Liam, we're pretty fun dudes. We're, we're okay. We're pretty cool. And you get to pick the movies with your guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as, it, within reason. Like, if you try to make me watch, um... A Serbian film? Yeah, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I, that is one thing in my life I'll definitely say I'm above watching movies like that. I'm not above it. Okay. So, uh, as always, <laughs> check us out on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, and download, 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 download. And you know what? This weekend, or this is, it won't be up by this weekend, but this weekend, grab a friend's phone. Yeah. Open up their podcast app. If they don't have a podcast app, download a podcast app. And then app. fucking download us. And then fucking subscribe. Yeah. Tell your parents. Business. I know someone out there who's listening has a mom or dad, or both, or a mom, two moms or two dads, we don't discriminate, who likes The Walking Dead, or Penny Dreadful. Yeah, I mean, they have to be cool. If you have any combination of moms and dads, for whatever gender purposes. Or if you're a creature who willed willed yourself into being by your own power of will. But they're lame. Don't subscribe them to the show. Yes, if they think... I, we don't have time to get this. <laughs> tell your parents to check us out. Tell your girlfriend or boyfriend to check us out. The next time you're in Wawa, tell Barb to check us out. Tell Barb, yeah. Tell Jim from accounting to check us out. Even though he's a fucking asshole who doesn't do his work. Go on Reddit. Create a hard business page on Reddit. Go that, go, yes, yes. And talk about how cool we are. Yes. And again, I cannot stress it. Rate, review, subscribe. Download, download, download. Okay. Thanks uh, for joining us. Until next time, stay spoopy. <laughs> Is that really the side off? Stay That's the spoopy. <laughs> then you say stay creppy or whatever. Oh yeah, keep it creppy. Keep it creppy and spoopy. <laughs> so creppy. <laughs> Ta-ta. Much crep. Mm-hmm. So spoop. <laughs> <laughs>